Hello everyone, it's me, your boy Dean. I'm here to stay with this piping hot tea. Hope everyone's having a good day today. I had a somewhat okay day dealing with work drama, but hey, we all go through that, huh? So I just want to jump on here and talk about something. And for those of you who've been following me for a long time, you notice I do cover politics on this podcast, but I haven't been covering it in a while. And that's honestly because I needed a break from it, if I'm being honest. However, a lot has taken place um, since that, since I began taking that political break. And I want to briefly discuss the big changes. So the big news this week has been the fact that a Republican won the governorship in Virginia. And this is a state that everyone assumed was going blue because... You know, during when Trump was in office, you know, Virginia was just electing all these blue Democrat candidates. Um, Ralph Northam, you know, you know, was like a was like a superstar in the Democratic Party, even though, you know, he's worn blackface and, you know, his stance on abortion is very controversial. Um, so everybody just assumed that the Democrat Terry McMully, Mac, Mac, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Um, was going to win, but really it wasn't. Glenn Youngkin won. And I think this is the first time Virginia has had a Republican in I think a decade or so, I think 15 years. And actually Republicans won a lot of stuff in that state. Winston Sears became the first black woman to become the lieutenant governor in Virginia. And you know, the mainstream media doesn't really want to talk about that too much because she's a Republican and she's very conservative. But Republicans actually kind of swept through Virginia. You can look at the map of Virginia and see it's dotted red. Um, In New Jersey, there was a lot of upsets as well. Now, the governor, Phil Murphy, he did keep his position as governor, barely, because it was a record-breaking nail-biter. However, you know, what they're calling one of the biggest political upsets in centuries, Um, it happened when it looked like Ed Durr, who was a truck driver, looks like he has defeated the longtime Democrat Steve Sweeney for the state Senate of New Jersey. And, you know, Ed Durr ran a very simple campaign. All he did was really, you know, run little YouTube ads and um, has a podcast. And he went door to door talking to people. And it looks like that's worked. I don't know if you all seen that movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. It's a movie from the 1930s. One of the greatest political movies, people say, of, of how United States politics works. You know, I had to watch that movie when I took a political class in high school. And I will say it is a very good movie. That movie and um, all the King's Men really show how how some of these people on the Republican side won these races. Um, but I'll talk about that later on another day at time. Um, also interesting is Minneapolis elected to keep their police because after the George Floyd um, happened and all the riots, you know, there was this proposal to get rid of the police, and of course they put that on the ballot and it failed. Now, I wasn't surprised by that because all that crime that surged in Minneapolis and all these other cities really turned people off. And, you know, what's also interesting is I'm noticing people, even some of these political commentators who talk about George Floyd, they either seem to be like, oh, yeah, what's that guy's name and all this other stuff. And that's something I've noticed. It's like George Floyd, people don't remember his name, but it's like his death caused all these changes that we're not seeing fail and cause nothing but controversy. 
so I bring all this up to say that a lot is changing in the political sphere. And you know what? I should not even say changing because everything that's happening is nothing new. Literally, if you study what was happening in America during the 70s and 80s, you know, all of this stuff is just came back. It's like we've gone in a full circle. But I do want to touch on the Virginia governorship race because so many people were shocked that that Republican Glenn Youngkin had defeated Terry. I mean, almost every poll, with the exception of some of these online YouTube um, shows that's become very popular over the over the past few uh, past year, and I'm gonna get to that later in this episode, predicted that you know Terry was gonna win. Even some of these tarot card readers were shocked, and now some of them I noticed have been cleaning up. But you know, it was I saw three that actually predicted that Glenn Youngkin was gonna win. Literally, those are the only three that predicted that Glenn Youngkin was gonna win. Now, I will say, sorry y'all, I had a peppermint in my mouth, <laughs> but I will say, oh goodness, that was a good peppermint. Okay, but I will say, um, for this McMuffy losing, a lot of people say it came down to education, and I'm just going to play this clip from PBS and why, you know, a lot of people are saying this. So this came from PBS. Um, you can go look at it on YouTube. This from November 1st, 2021, before, you know, I think it was like the last day before the actual election. And this is what these voters had to say. Particular has become a big name, big dollar fight. It pits a former chairman of the Democratic Party against a former co-CEO of a private equity firm is also a test of Democrats' enthusiasm, as well as the Trump legacy in a swing state. As Lisa Desjardins reports, one lightning rod issue has emerged, public schools. A fall day in Northern Virginia. Time for wine and catching up with friends. There's so much new here. And in the final days before the state's gubernatorial election, some time to talk politics too. I was more focused on presidential elections not realizing at the time how important local and state elections are. For this group of moms, that means the politics of education. I am confrontational and I will stand up for my children because they know our kids matter and our kids have been politicized and that's not okay, not even a little bit. Women like this from Virginia's suburban counties are critical for both Republican Glenn Youngkin and Democrat Terry McAuliffe on Tuesday. Suburban voters in the state narrowly backed Donald Trump for president in 2016 before swinging to Joe Biden last year. Now polls show the race for governor is a dead heat. In Northern Virginia, deciding issue for a quarter of voters is education, a 10 point jump from September alone. You're a swing voter. Yeah, I'm a swing voter. I'm the person that politicians sort of love and hate. Dana Jackson, whose daughter is now in high school, is an independent. She's voting Republican this year, and she sees others like her. I have some friends that are Democrats who have never voted red in their life. In this time, they voted every red box they could find. I mean, they were raising hell about Trump. They opposed President Trump, but here they are now voting for the Republican candidate. Yeah. Because of schools. Yes, because of schools. Mm -hmm. Schools have been the great equalizer. 
During the last year, as the COVID-19 pandemic forced classrooms to go virtual, she helped organize rallies to reopen schools. I think that our children's lives are staying literally. Our children were locked out of school last year and it was, it was detrimental to this area. It was detrimental to all of the states that have lockdowns for children. That debate has flared at school board meetings across the state and country. After contentious meetings over the summer, Northern Virginia's Loudoun County instituted a new policy. The dozens of people wanting to speak to the school board now file in one at a time and address a mostly empty room. How stupid do you think parents are? The anger was palpable at last week's meeting. Most were upset about two recent sexual assaults. This board in the school system puts children last. As well as vaccine mandates. We will not relinquish, relinquish our right to privacy, our body autonomy, and our parental rights to care for our children exactly as we see fit. And how history is taught, including the idea of critical race theory. Would you stay quiet when your white child makes his head in shame? Or your darker-skinned child acknowledges her victimhood because the school knows best? We gotta win because our children can't wait. On the campaign trail, both men vying to be the state's chief executive have taken up the education mantle. We have got to take our education system to the next level. Democrat McAuliffe, a former governor, vows to raise teacher pay and expand pre-K programs. But something else he said about education at a debate has haunted him. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Conservatives pounced. Terry went on the attack against parents. Republican Youngkin, a businessman and father of four, has pushed for school choice. Virginia parents have a right to make decisions on their children's education. But some parents, like Todd Kaufman, whose daughter is a high school senior, say Youngkin twisted McAuliffe's words. Kaufman wants parents to have a say, but thinks day-to-day -day classroom decisions are for educators. Parents that have never joined the PTA, have never been involved in the school, all of a sudden are upset that there's public schools inside the curriculum. I mean, that's how that works, right? There are experts for a reason. We have educators for a reason. We elect the school board for a reason. Um, and we trust that they're the experts. And I really appreciate you guys all coming out here. Kaufman feels so strongly, he and others formed a group, Loudon for All. They go to school board meetings to push back against conservative concerns that he thinks Republicans are manipulating for the election. Folks on the fear. Youngkin has definitely embraced that and has pushed that. And the fact that it's all based on misinformation, the fact that it's based on, at times, downright lies, doesn't really matter. Democrats hope this new ad from Youngkin could actually help them. It was some of the most explicit material you can imagine. This mother is talking about Toni Morrison's book, Beloved, saying she wanted a warning about its violent and sexual passages. The book about slavery was part of a college-level course. Soon after the ad ran, McAuliffe's campaign started handing out Beloved at his rallies. He has been endorsed by Trump now nine times. McAuliffe is also trying to tie Youngkin to former President Donald Trump, paint him as too extreme. Trump has endorsed but not campaigned with the GOP nominee, Farida Jalalzai. Okay, so I'm in the clip right there, and that was a lot, but there's something in that clip I really want to talk about. As you can see, um, Terry Mc McMulphy, when he said that um, parents should not be telling the schools what they can and cannot teach, um, you know, some people say that cost him the governorship. But, you know, I did, I listened to that whole 
I listened to that whole debate. That debate's still on YouTube. I listened to that whole debate. And I will say, you know, when that guy said that McCullough's words were twisted, there is some truth in that. Because, see, what that debate was talking about was was the controversy over Toni Morrison's Beloved. Um, and I'm just going to read read an excerpt from Wikipedia about this. Now, Wikipedia isn't the best source, but you know what? I will say they do give a good breakdown about what happened. <clears throat> so when you Google Wikipedia, I mean, when you Google Beloved and go to the Wikipedia page and look at under banning and controversy, it does say... In Virginia, Beloved was considered for removal from the Fairfax County Senior English Reading List due to a parent's 2017 complaint that the book includes scenes of violent sex, including a gang rape, and was too graphic and extreme for teenagers. Parental concern about Beloved's content inspired the Beloved Bill legislation that would have required Virginia public schools to notify parents of any sexually explicit content and provide an alternative assignment if requested. The bill was vetoed by Governor Ted McMulphy when McMulphy ran again for the governor's office in 2021. A major event in election was his statement during the debate that said, yeah, I stopped the bill that I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. His opponent, Glenn Youngkin, seized on her mark and produced a television commercial in which a parent recounted her efforts to ban the book. The commercial did not mention the title, author, or subject of the book, but focused on the explicit material in the unnamed work. So, <clears throat> I'ma just say this about that. Because there's, you know, and I've said this before in previous podcasts, you know, the public school system is the battleground for all this culture war stuff. And this Virginia governor um, race showed it. Because, you know, you have parents in the schools fighting each other. And when I did when I did that um, Juneteenth episode, I specifically said that the parents in the schools need to work together and not fight each other tooth and nail all the time. And I also want to say what I just read showed that there's a lot of gray area in politics. And people think every, it's all black and white. No, there is gray. There is gray. Because Beloved, and you know, I haven't read the book, but I've seen the movie. Beloved is a story about slavery. It's based on a true story. And you know, all that stuff that you know, that that mother was, you know, saying she didn't want her kids reading, you know, that stuff did happen. And I'm sorry, you know, her, her child is in high school. See, I've noticed a lot of people online and on YouTube act like that, that book was being taught to young kids, and it's not. So when some of these liberals say that, you know, the conservatives are twisting words and stuff, I do believe there's some truth in that because that book was being taught to high school students. And I'm sorry, you know, some some of these people who are super conservative or gone to the conservative side, I think they live in this world of, you know, June Cleaver, where things are like the 50s and they're not. Like, teenagers know what sex is. Teenagers make raunchy jokes. Hell, every time one of these little athletes get canceled for something, they said, you know, when they was 15, that's the go-to conservative move. Well, they were young. That's what teenagers do. So I don't know why, you know, some of them are pearl clutching that this book is being read. 
you you know when I was in high school we read we read controversial books like this and truth be told when I looked at the list of banned books some of the books I read in high school are banned books literally there's a whole list of books that were banned from libraries and schools since the 1930s that's why I said all this stuff is nothing new we've just gone full circle literally if you look up some of these books that are banned like of mice and men 1940 1981 the catcher in the rye to kill a mockingbird the starlit letter a brave new world <clears throat> tropic of cancer <clears throat> the genius what else what else the communist manifesto Huckab- the Avengers of huckleberry finn tom sawyer one flew over the cuckoo's nest um are you there god it's me margaret the color purple Harry Potter series, the whole series was banned at one point, and I think it's still banned in some states. Um, you know, even F. Scott Fitzgerald, um, The Great Gatsby, and Ernest Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms, all of these books are considered classics and they have changed the landscape of American novels, but yet and still, they were banned. And in the 1980s through the 2000s, a lot of these books were banned. And that's why back then, you know, just a little quick little history rundown. That's why, you know, a lot of people, a lot of minorities, authors were against political correctness because a lot of their books were being banned. You know, one of, one of my favorite books of all time, Juno Diaz, that book, Drown, is an amazing book. I think every high schooler should read that book, you know, but it was banned, and I think it still is banned. I mean, Malcolm X's autobiography is banned. <clears throat> and, you know, because some of these people live controversial lives, I think sometimes their work, you know, people are scared to read their work or something. But, you know, there's a lot of truth in their work. You know, Toni Morrison is, you know, a, a hardcore liberal. You know, she's very much on the Democrat, on the liberal side. And some of her p- political opinions, you know, can be polarizing. But the woman makes good, good work. And a lot of her work does speak about uncomfortable truths that I don't think we should hide. And, you know, that also led to this other controversy with this Virginia race was critical race theory being taught in the schools. <clears throat> Now, I will say this. I think the problem with critical race theory is no one from either side can really tell what it is or what they're doing. And, you know, sometimes you do have these teachers, because I've seen some of these teachers, you know, do seem to overstep their bounds and, you know, talk, talk, to, talk to these kids as if they're on, their own kids. Or, you know, I've, heard, I've seen some of these teachers say that, you know, if I see two white kids playing, you know, I intend to try to break it up. And, you know, that's wrong. You know, kids have to form their own friendships their own way. And, you know, but when you see stuff like that trend on social media, it do, I think it does make people think this is the whole situation. That, 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 you know, anytime, you know, racism is being taught or racial issues are being brought up, it's these white liberals, you know, trying to corrupt our kids because, you know, foolishness like that. And plus, again, people really do not, I don't think no one can understand what critical race theory is. Now, if I'm doing some research, critical race theory tries to assess, you know, how the law and the culture, you know, seems to favor one race over another for the most part. 
and you know it's been around since the 70s but see it was usually taught in in college <clears throat> and you know and i do believe there is this belief that you know now it's being taught in the public school system and they're just trying to brainwash these kids and cause problems among the races and then you know i will say i do think there are people who do want to cause problems among the races not only that i think there's people who want to cause problems among among you know everybody whether it's straight people versus lgbt men versus women you know black man versus black woman christians versus other religions it's a lot of people that want to cause division because division always brings money remember that division always brings money that Facebook whistleblower, that was one of the main things she said was that, you know, Facebook intentionally put stuff out there to make people angry. And a lot of this stuff from this information about critical race theory is being spread through social media. And, you know, one thing I've learned when I took that first social media break is you can't trust nothing that's on social media that's pertaining to political things. You can't. You really can't. And, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, some of these public schools, I understand, you know, some things may be going too far. Like this, the thing with the transgender bathrooms, I do think that is too far. Or the transgender athletes, I do think that is too far. And that's another reason why I think a lot of these um, parents came out and supported Glenn Youngkin, because all that stuff was also, you know, being pushed or talked about being pushed as well. And... But, but you know, I do think on the other side, because I try to see both sides, I do think some major changes do need to be made. A lot of these, you know, a lot of these history departments at these schools are, you know, underfunded. A lot of these teachers are being underfunded. Okay? And every teacher is not that asshole trying to push their beliefs on, you know, someone else's kids. You know, in my state of Florida, a lot of the teachers are underpaid. A lot of these schools are falling apart. And yeah, you know, we didn't have some political correct BS, like they want to change some of the names of the school, but ignore the fact that some of these schools have holes and roaches in them. Yeah, we have that here where I'm at. But I understand, you know, that some of these teachers, you know, don't have no support. And, you know, people talk about history, um, Creating, um, repeating itself, which it is, but I'm like, we don't even have enough teachers to, you know, s- teach the history. So I do think some changes to, could, should be made, but I think the parents and the schools just have to work together. And, you know, I also want to say before I end this episode, this is a wake up call to the Democrats. Because, see, you know, the, the, that blue wave just never came. It really didn't. And what like what that PBS anchor said, Glenn Youngkin kind of did something that just shot people was he didn't say Donald Trump's name. Terry McMulphy said Donald Trump's name, I think a hundred and something times. He had um he you know, Kamala Harris was out there campaigning for him, Biden was out there, Obama was out there, all these people were out there and he lost. And you know, and a lot of people say, see that you know now you can't just say Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, and expect people to vote for you. No, because what this show was, people may not like Donald Trump, but if there's a Republican 
that's going to speak for their needs and a Republican is speaking to their fears and their concerns, they will vote for him. Like I said, that movie, All the King's Men, that shows that very well. And I also think that, you know, the Democratic Party is very fractured. Because, I mean, Republicans are also fractured. But one thing that, you know, that showed was that, you know, the establishment Republican that we've seen for the past 30 years is on its way out. Now, you know, people want that everyday person. The guy who ran, who won the governor of Virginia, I don't think he's ever held political office from my understanding. But he won because he talked to the people and he understood their fears. And all these people came out. You heard that that mother, you know, she's never really been in politics. She's always been independent. But she realized, you know, because all these changes happened during the pandemic, especially that you have to get involved in your city. You have to get involved in your local politics. And I also want to play this clip. If I can bring it back up. Of James Carville, who ran, um, who ran Clinton's campaign in 1992 and 96, one of the greatest campaigns of all time, the 1992 campaign, that's one of the greatest political campaigns of all time. And this is what he had to say about why the Democrats lost. Hopefully I won't get an ad. Okay, I did get an ad, so I'm just going to mute that and let it play. Okay. And this is coming from Newsmax, which again I'm gonna get I'm gonna go I'm gonna get to this after this episode. What went wrong? What went wrong is just stupid wokeness. Alright, you just don't just look at Virginia and New Jersey. Look at Long Island, look at Buffalo, look at Minneapolis, even look at Seattle, Washington. I mean, just defund the police, lunacy, just take Abraham Lincoln's name off the schools. I mean that people see that and it, 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 it's, it's just really have a suppressive effect all across the country the democrats some of these people that need to go to a woke detox center or something Okay, now that's what James Carville has said. And Bill Maher, who's another longtime liberal, has said the same thing. And you know what? He is perfectly right. Because a lot of these Democrats in the media were just shocked. And I saw some of them saying, well, that's why they need to pass Biden's infrastructure bill and all that other stuff. And I'm like, I don't think they realize Joe Biden's not really popular. Biden, Harris, Pelosi are not really popular. And I, you know, and I think that's one of the dangers of social media is you only see what you're subscribed to and, you know, you don't see that the other side thinks differently or there's other people that don't really like, like what you say. They don't. And then you have stuff like this happen. And, you know, this shows up perfectly with this little chant. Now, to break down this backstory in NASCAR, you know, which is a big sport, Brandon Brown, he won. He won this um this NASCAR race. And and um and you know this reporter for NBC was interviewing him and and the crowd started chanting. 
Now, what the crowd is chanting is fuck Joe Biden. That's what the crowd is chanting. But the reporter, you know, she's saying that the crowd is chanting, let's go Biden. And some people say she's doing that to, you know, show show her loyalty to Democrats. No, I, you know, I took a journalism class. You got to be professional. And if she would say that's what the crowd was chanting, she would get fined or fired for that. So I'm just going to play this clip as well. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh, my God. It's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were going to kind of hang. So as you can see, the crowd is clearly saying fuck Joe Biden, but she's saying let's go Brandon. And this has turned into a meme. A lot of Republicans are saying it everywhere. People are making YouTube comments about it, you know, etc. And you know, I've seen some of the, some of these liberal commentators on MSNBC and seeing them freak out over that. But yet want to sit around here and act, and act shocked that Virginia went red. Like I said, a big change is happening. And it's interesting, you know, when I went and I watched my older political podcast episodes, a lot of what I said is coming true. A lot of people are starting to push back. And it's interesting where all this leads. So on that note, I'm your boy, Dean. I hope you enjoyed this team. Everybody have a blessed night.